that perfume. But you go over here and you spray another one because you don't want to smell that one. And you begin to mix so many, we can't tell the difference. But the Lord was showing me in our praise and our worship, every fragrance of aroma he hears and he smells and he enjoys. It doesn't matter if it's one or 1,000 in the room. He enjoys the fragrance of our praise. And he enjoys the fragrance and the aroma of our worship. He enjoys our presence. There's so many that don't know him. There's so many that do not have a relationship with him. And tonight we're going to lift them before the Lord. And I'm going to continue to encourage you every chance I get. Thank the Lord now for their salvation. It's long past time we stop begging and begin to thank the Lord for their salvation. Hallelujah. Father, we count it a great privilege and an honor tonight to gather in this house to worship you, to praise you, to join the angels of heaven singing holy, holy, holy. We thank you. You turn an ear to each and every one of us. Though we may not hear another soul in this place, you hear each and every one. And we thank you that you turn the attentive ear to us. And tonight as we continue to praise you, we're going to praise you for the salvation of our family members. We're going to praise you and thank you for the salvation of those that we work with. Those who we're going to share the gospel with. As we plant the seed, we may not see it right there. But we're going to thank you, Lord, that it's going to happen. And again tonight, Father, we thank you for Bishop and Dr. Cheryl. Lord, for the leaders you have placed as shepherds, you have placed over this house. We ask you to touch them tonight. I ask once again you breathe fresh, new breath of anointing upon them. Fresh touch from heaven. We thank you for the network of the EACM Touching many countries Lord we continue to pray for growth Not because we're interested in numbers But we're interested in souls The more we have trained and prepared and out there The more lives we can snatch from the enemy we lift the chaplains, the various ministries of this church to you tonight. We thank you for your direction and your hand upon them. And once again, we lift Apostle and Sister C. We lift Dr. Garner before you. As you strengthen them. In the latter years, pour out the fresh, oh, strength within their bodies strength within their minds. And Lord, once again tonight, we give you this service. We ask you to have your way. And we continue to praise you. We continue to glorify you. Through your Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Father, we thank you that you are our source. We thank you that 
everything we go through. You, Lord, you are in our front, in the back, on every side. And Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just humble ourselves before your throne. And Father, we ask you for clean hands and a pure heart. We ask you, Father, for eyes that see, ears that hear. We ask you for hearts that are changed in your presence. God, we just thank you tonight. We thank you that no matter what's going on around us, we can focus on you. We can touch you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, maybe tonight you're either here in the building or you're watching my live stream. And maybe you know about Jesus, but maybe he's not real in your life. Maybe you say a few prayers here and there, or you're going through something, and then you call on him, but he wants to be a real part of our lives. He wants to be the one you run to all day long. He wants to walk with you no matter where you're at. He wants to be the closest person in your life to you. So I want to pray tonight, and if you're even watching by live stream and you just happened on this broadcast, it wasn't just an accident. It's a divine appointment tonight. Or maybe you're here in the congregation and you might say, you know, I just really need to, really need to focus and make a fresh commitment to him. Then let's do that tonight. Let's just get our hearts totally right. And I just invite you to join me if you're at a place where you can kneel or you can just remain seated. But I just really want us to be in a posture of humility. So if you'll just join me as we pray tonight. Father, we just humble ourselves in your presence. Jesus, we don't want to just know about you. We want to know you. We want to hear you. We want to see you. We want you to come in and be a habitation, not a visitation. Lord, we just come before your heavenly throne tonight, your courtroom. God, you are the supreme judge of the universe. And God, we just present ourselves to you. Jesus, we thank you for the blood and the broken body. We thank you that as we come before your heavenly court, we are cleansed. So Jesus, throw all of our sin as far as the east is from the west. That's what your word says in Psalm 103. And Lord, we just thank you that the enemy is silenced when hearts come before you. Now, Lord, we want you to come in. Come into our lives. Be Lord over our lives. Come into our churches. Be Lord over our churches. Come into this nation. Come back into every facet of our government, of our schools, of our public places. Come in. Come in and be Lord. And we give you our hearts tonight. And we ask you to change us. Change us, Jesus. Please change us. 
We can't do it ourselves. And Lord, we appropriate your precious blood to our lives tonight. And we make you Lord. Lord over us. Lord over our families. Lord over our jobs. Lord over our churches. Lord over our ministries. Lord over the nation. And we cry out. Lord, we just say thank you. Thanks, God. Thanks. Now, Lord, as we walk this journey with you, for those of us that don't know you, this is welcome home. For those of us that know you but just want to make a fresh commitment, we are on this journey all together, God. And so, Lord, we thank you. Lead us, guide us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say yes and amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you thank God that he's so faithful? just share a few things tonight we're looking tonight at the names of God but I want to lead you into what we're going to talk about about the names of God and it originates out of Luke chapter 8 because he is in every one of our storms isn't he in fact, we learn so much in the storm. How many of you wish you'd learn more things on the mountaintop? But we're going to look at that tonight in Luke chapter 8. I want to just say uh, our children's pastor, Pastor Tony Davison, her father, Pastor Jerry, was um, an awesome man of God. And he passed away this past week. And he went to join his precious wife, Pastor Tony's mother. And so they're with the Lord. But how many of you will keep Pastor Tony in your prayers and the family? She will be opening the children's ministry and our youth ministry with Pastor Michelle Neal. They'll be doing that next week. But we want to keep her in our prayers at this time I don't want to put out the details of where the funeral will be because they can't allow anyone to really come their family is huge so the they're only really allowing the family to be at the funeral because of the COVID requirements amen so keep her in your prayers and make sure you just let her know. Maybe send her a card if you need her address. We have that in the office. Secondly, this week, starting on Tuesday and Thursday morning, if you can join us here in the sanctuary, and I invite all of you, we love you all on live stream too, if you'd like to join us right here at 6.30 in the morning till 8 o'clock, we'll be doing morning prayer right through election day amen and you got plenty of room to social distance and so we, i encourage you come on out 6 30 a.m till 8 a.m and you can be here with us in the sanctuary for prayer don't forget friday nights we pray from 7 to 8 30 and then of course uh saturday morning Saturday morning on Facebook, if you look me up, Cheryl Cachetti Piscopo, you can be right on that stream with prayer too. Amen? So let's look at this, Luke chapter 8. Now, verse 24 is what we're looking at. So let's read that. It says, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master! 
we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Familiar passage of scripture. We see Jesus trapped with the disciples in the middle of a crazy storm. Much like we probably saw a little bit last night, late, maybe early this morning. A crazy storm, right? I got two dogs. Everybody was running under for cover. <laughs> right? My big, bad, ferocious dogs. And the disciples could be big, bad, and ferocious. But they were all running around, help us, we're going to perish. How many of you have been in a storm and you've said, Jesus, help. This is really looking bad. The thing that caught my eye as I reread this whole passage is that Jesus was in the boat the whole time. Hello? They had forgotten or they had kind of uh, missed the fact he was in the boat. And he was sleeping. It says they had to wake him up. And they had to shake him and say, Lord! Like, what is wrong with you, Jesus? Can't you sense this boat is just rocking and rolling? Now, I don't know about you, but I can't do boats. I don't care if it's a rowboat. I don't care if it's the Bob Lowe boat. I don't care what it is. My head's right over the side. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> One year, Bishop really wanted the girls to experience deep sea kind of fishing. So I, you know, clueless, I go, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I think uh, <clears throat> Jenna was about 12, Bree was about 11. And so we were up in the UP, you know, just taking a week off, driving through the UP and chartered a boat. So I'm getting on this boat thinking, looks pretty calm, I should be okay. Just like the disciples, it was calm till we got out in the water. <laughs> and as the captain of the boat was driving the boat, and Cheryl's like, okay, you got a bucket. <laughs> so literally, I sat in the corner of the boat with a bucket, and sit, sitting down with my head over the bucket the whole time. Two hours. While they're all, look, Mom, look what I caught, Mom, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God. And no sooner did we get back to shore, I stepped out onto the land, and it was calm, including my stomach. <laughs> they were in the boat with Jesus. How many of you would say, wow. He's in my boat, too. How many of you ever thought about Jesus is in your boat? When you're going through the storm. How many of you have thought, wow, how come we're having a storm if Jesus is in the boat? Right? We get that mentality like he's a genie. And so as long as Jesus is in the boat, there's no storm. Look at your neighbors say, wrong answer. Because <laughs> we get storms even with Jesus in our boat. What is your storm? He's present in your life. How many of you would say, yes, I know Jesus. He's walked me through some stuff. And yet, you go through the storm. He's with you. He's experiencing those difficult times with you. And yet, what is it that we're always saying, Jesus, I'm going to die. Help. 
See, what is your storm? Is your storm illness? Is it a rocky marriage? Is it loneliness? Is it injustice? We got a lot of that going on, right? We got injustice going on, crazy amounts of it. Oh, no, Pastor Cheryl, it's 2020. That doesn't happen anymore. I don't know where you live. But from where I'm standing, there's a lot of injustice. And yet, all these people, too, are the ones that yell, I'm a Christian. And they just don't see the injustice. And yet, Jesus is in the midst of all of this. Is it unemployment? Is it a fear of failure? What's your storm? I don't know what yours is. I know I'm on my face crying out sometimes, God, I need some answers. And he began to show me this in prayer the other day. He says, no matter what your storm is, Cheryl, I'm the answer. And he began to have me do a little study here of the names of God. See, what's the purpose of our storms? How many of you have ever thought about that? Why do we have storms? Why can't we just eat bonbons and walk our way to heaven? I told you because it seems like it's in the storm that we learn stuff. We don't learn a lot when we're tooling along in our convertibles and the air's blowing through our hair and we got the top down and we're feeling good. It's when we go through this junk stuff. So he began to show me, he says, the purpose of your storm is to glorify me. Now, I began to just look at that in prayer, and I said, Okay, God, how do you get glory when I'm going nuts? How do you get glory when I'm feeling pressed? How do you get glory when there's so much pressure, I think I'm going to burst? How does that glorify you? And he said, because every time you go through the storm... You come through shining a little more and a little more and you just don't burst as much and you don't die and you don't, you just keep coming through and every time you just be looking better and better. He says, and I just, as you go through that storm, I start skimming off a little more of that yuck. I start skimming off a little more. I want us to look at his names tonight. Because his names reveal something to you. Look at this handout I prepared. His names describe his heart. His names describe the character of God. Now how many of you want to follow a God that you know his character? I want to follow people, if I'm in the earth, that have character. I don't want to follow somebody who's kind of slippery and slick. and I don't want that. I want to follow. You know, Paul said, follow me as what? I follow Christ. And the reason we want to follow Christ and the reason we want to follow godly leaders is because we look at character. We look at their heart. God's heart is love. Cut all the other stuff away. And the bottom line is he's a God of love. Now, I'm not talking about greasy, gracie love. I'm talking about a love that says, I don't care who you are, where you come from, whatever. I love you. And we're going to walk out this journey together. If God puts you in my path, we're doing this thing together. 
Oh, but Dr. Cheryl, they don't believe like I believe. So what? Make them so hungry for what you have by the way you live, by your character. Look at this tonight, because we can count on, see, when you look at God's heart and God's character, you're talking about who God is, right? Who is he? I want to follow the God that I can count on. I want to follow and be close to people I can count on. People that I know that if I'm not in their vicinity, they love me. They're not saying junk different than when they're with me. I want to follow people and be with people who are real. God is real. And I know one thing. I can count on who he is and who he always will be. Jesus never changes. Say that. Jesus never changes. And you know what? We should be like Christ. We shouldn't be no different at home than we are at church, than we are at work, than we are driving our cars. We should not be different. We should not be at church smiling and, hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? And go out in our car and drive off and somebody cuts us off and we call them everything. But blessed. We ought to be the same. Not go home and kick the dog and scream at the kids. and We ought to be the same. Do we get opportunity to be different? Sure. But what do we do with those baby storms? You know, I was out after church today. I had to run to the drugstore. And so, you know, I was a little congested in that parking lot. And so, you know, I got out of my car and uh, I was crossing and some guy yelled out his window because he had to wait for me to finish crossing to the store. And he yelled out, what's the matter? Don't you have a brain? Because I walked across, I guess. So I turned around and said, oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. He was driving his car and he went just like this. He goes. See, be the same. So what if somebody cuts you off? So what if somebody flips you off? Wave to them and say, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Even if inside you're going, who's the one without a brain, stupid? It's okay. Let God deal with the inside. You be the same. Right? I was crossing that street when he did that. It kind of shocked me. But then as I was walking into the store, I was thinking, who's got no brain? And the Lord said, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Am I right? We get tempted. I've told this story before, but I was hurrying into the grocery store one morning and I parked the car or no, I was coming through the parking lot at the Myers. Thank you, Jesus. Over uh, in, in the 13-mile area. And so as I'm coming through the parking lot, I go to turn into this spot. And in comes this little lady, and she pulls right in. So thank you, Jesus. It's only Jesus. I go, okay, well, praise the Lord. Maybe you want me to walk. Okay. So I just pulled in somewhere else. So I get in the store and I'm getting the, what I needed and this little lady comes up to me and she goes, aren't you Dr. Piscopo? And I said, yes. And I said, I don't know who you are, but I'm pleased to meet you. She says, oh, she says, I just got to tell you. She says, I think I cut you off. I said, you know what? No big D. I says, I probably needed to walk. 
She says, I just want to tell you, that blessed me. You didn't beep at me. You didn't do nothing. She says, I just could. I, I thought after you drove by and I saw the Jesus, you need Jesus Christ on your back of your car. She says, I just thought, that's got to be her. And I'm like going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because there's nothing good in us. It can only be God. But see, that's who he is and who he always will be. He don't get no different. Look at this with me tonight. He is the El Shaddai, Genesis 17, 1. He's got all power in heaven and in earth. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. 99. He's the almighty God. When you are praying and you're going through your storm, call out El Shaddai. He's the God who has all power and authority. Look at, he's Yahweh Rapha. Now that... That name, Yahweh, I want to take one second on that and give you a little Hebrew lesson. Yahweh is the Hebrew word for the consonants. Those are four Hebrew letters. Y-H-W-H, and it translates I am. He's the I am. He's Yahweh. And the reason that the Jewish nation took it out of the Bible, you don't see Yahweh in the Word. The reason they took it out is because they didn't want people misusing it. Oh, we don't do that with the name Jesus, do we? You know, I was in a store one afternoon and I heard somebody yell out, Jesus! And I said, Is Lord! It just came right out. I couldn't help it. I turned around and thought, oh, my Lord. And the lady looks at me and I says, honey, I just had to finish your sentence. I didn't want you cussing out my Jesus. And she just goes, oh, uh, okay. See, we, they didn't want his name as a cuss word. Yahweh. That also translates the God of the Israelites. He was the God of Israel. He is the God of Israel. Yahweh, the I am. He's Yahweh Rapha, I am Rapha. Look at Exodus 15, 25 and 26. And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute, and an ordinance, and there he proved them. He is the God who heals. That when they threw that into the water, it was sweet. He's the God who heals. He's the Lord that heals. And you know what's so awesome about him? He heals you, spirit, soul, and body. You know, we always think body. How many of you know people that need healing in their soul, in their mind, their will, their emotions, their memory, their heart? That's why I love this house. Because we're all about getting you totally made whole. Yeah, it's good to get your body healed. But you need your soul healed. You need to be in a healed state where people want what you have, not you walking around carrying all your bags of garbage with you throughout life, and they're like going, man, if you represent Christ, then you know what? I'm good. <laughs> right? Look at the next one. Yahweh Nisi. I am Nisi. Exodus 17, 8 through 15. I think it's Exodus 17. 
There we go. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Yep. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us out, men, go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. How many of you got the rod of God in your hand? Amen. And look what he says. And Moses said, Choose us out, men. Oh, he did that. Okay, keep going. Next verse. So Joshua did as Moses had said and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and her, they went to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and they stuck it under his arms and he sat thereon. And Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side. Keep going. And the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in a book. Rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. That's the Lord, my banner. Jehovah Nisi, Yahweh Nisi, the Lord, my banner. What is that about? He's our banner. He's our covering. He's what lifts us up. He's what allows us to have courage and strength in a time of storm. Next one, Yahweh Rohi, Psalm 23, verse 1. A familiar passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How many of you, when you watch what he does in your life, you don't want? You don't have a need. When you really get to know him, I mean, when you really just discover who he is in your life and you watch the pattern of how he carries you through and you you know just like David how God helped him slay the lion and the bear and you know it's like wow he definitely is my rohi he is my shepherd he looks out for me you know what's so awesome about God he knows your name and he knows you individually you know that scripture that says he knows the hair on your head? That really translates in the Hebrew, that translates that he knows which number of hair is on your head. He knows that number one went down long time ago. He knows that you're on about number 7,052. That's how much he knows you. He is definitely our shepherd. And he takes care of us individually. He knows that out of the 99, maybe I'm number 10. And he comes over and he says, how you doing, 10? You okay? What's going on today? And then how about Yahweh Shammah? He says, I am Shammah. Exodus 48, 35. It was round about 18,000 measures. And the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. In other words, he is your Shammah. He's always with you, always present. He's not worried about your past. Hello? How many of you still need to cut off your past? I know, Dr. Cheryl, you told me that several weeks ago. Then do it. Cut it off. Cut off the past. Get rid of it. Kick it to the curb. Whatever. He does not remind you of your past. You remind you. The enemy reminds you. He 
says, when you say, but God, don't you remember when I did this? It really hurt your heart, hurt my heart. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, my word says in Psalm 103 that I throw that, that junk as far as the east is from the west. So we never see it again because you never see it come back around. East never meets the west. Wow. He says, I'm the God that's always there. I'm everywhere. I'm present. I'm in the present. I'm omnipresent. If you run from me, you can't run far enough. I'm there. How many of you, when you were kids, your mom or your dad, if you were sassy or you got in trouble, they'd say that to you. Don't you run. I'll find you. I know where you live. I will find you. God is like that. He's with you. You can't run anywhere. If you went to Alaska, he'd be there. He'd probably greet you at the door. Come right in. He's the Shema. And then how about Yahweh Osinu? Look at Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is your maker. He's the source of your whole life. Nothing else matters because he's the source. But you understand, Dr. Cheryl, I'm unemployed. He's your source. Go see him. Cry out to him. Get on your face and say, Lord, I need a job. Hello. He's going to say, I know, I got you. You just got to wait. I'm on this. He's the Lord, your maker. So there's nothing about you he don't know. There's nothing about your situation or your storm. He already has it covered. He allows things in your life because he's already got a plan. He's going to teach you something. Sometimes I pray and say, Lord, I don't want no storms today <laughs> or tomorrow for that matter. It's okay. <laughs> teach me a better way. Don't You don't have to do that. It's like... It reminded me of when my girls were small and if they were being misbehaving, their dad would say, you're going to get it when we get home if you don't stop. And they'd think he was kidding and laughing and they'd just keep up in the car fighting or smacking each other or whatever. And he'd say, you're going to get it when you get home. And then when we'd get home, that would be them right there. Oh, you. Daddy, we know you're going to hit us, but Daddy, we won't do it again. 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 Oh, yeah? Then why'd you do it? See, he was their source. Or they'd be going out as they got older, and they'd say, hey, Dad, you got a five? Hey, Dad, you got three bucks? That would be the famous one. You got three bucks. I just need three bucks. And, of course, he had a five. So he'd always give him the five. And of course he'd say, I know I ain't never going to see this again. But he was, he was their source. So he got smart and he started to get singles. And they'd come and they'd say, Dad, you got three bucks? And he'd go, yeah, I got three bucks. And he'd go in his wallet and pull out three singles. Oh, thanks. And I heard my youngest one day walking away going, man, I didn't make nothing on that one. How many of you hear what I'm saying? God is your source. Go to him. Cry out to him. Even when you misbehave, cry out to him. He's going to provide. He might say, well, you don't have a job right now, but are you tithing? Are you giving? Because when my people tithe, they don't have lack. Okay, I better start tithing. I better start giving. See, it don't belong to us anyway, right? He is our 
Yahweh, oh Sunu. And then look at this next one, El Chaim. It's a guttural sound when you say in the Hebrew, say El Chaim. Yeah. Look at Joshua 3.10. He is the God who is alive forever. Look at this. And Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Parasites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and all the ites. Because he's the God that is living and always alive before you. He drives them out. He takes care of all the ites in your everyday life. How many of you see some ites from time to time? Some of them have mouths and arms and legs. Some of them are just irritations in your day. Your car won't start. You want to kick the tires. Some of them, they're just ites. Sometimes my dog lately, my, my big one, my black beauty, you know, she gets outside and then I'll say, come on, it's time to eat. And she starts running off from me and just looking at me like, uh-uh, I ain't coming to you. And I'm like, who is this dog? What is wrong with her? And, you know, I say, Lord, have mercy. What is wrong with her? He'll say, oh, you know, I'm just dealing with you. Why are you dealing with me? I'm trying to feed her. He says, because you get impatient. Okay. Come here, princess. I love you. I'm going to kill that dog when I get my hands on her. He said, she just wants to be drawn by your love. Oh, I love her. Or like this morning, it's raining and raining and raining and of course they want to go outside they have to relieve themselves and all I'm thinking about is eight muddy paws coming back in so I let them out and the little one she always very obedient runs out runs back in after she's done plus her paws are that big so I don't think about mud or any of that well then there's my black beauty so she's out there and God says to me right there I'm working on you I'm gonna act in your everyday learning right there El Chaim I said why do you pick this time I have to get to church I can't deal with her mud so I said come on princess Come on, baby, time to come in. And she's running through the mud. And, she, you know, just acting like the, it's, you know, what is that one? Singing in the rain. I'm singing, you know. So finally I said, Princess, please come now. So she comes trotting toward the door. And the Lord says to me, okay. So she comes in and I just, Start, she lets me wipe her down. I'm like, wow, this is different. Usually I have to hold her by the collar and wipe her with one hand and hold her with my leg and hold her with my arm and I'm doing the pretzel. And, but she came right in and she let me wipe her down. He said, see, just chill. Yeah. Okay, good. No mud. How many of you hear what I'm saying? He wants to be a part of your every day life not here you say I got this God catch you later no he wants to be involved he wants to be involved and then how about Emmanuel he is Emmanuel God with us look at Matthew 1 23 behold a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son and they'll call his name Emmanuel interpreted God with us that's his name he's incarnate in Christ a God who is close to you because he lived a human life you know people always say to me stuff like well yeah he walked the earth but he was God yeah but read the rest of the scripture 
It says he emptied himself. He emptied himself of the godliness thing where he doesn't, it wasn't about him pressing a button and everybody lined up. It wasn't about him getting aggravated about something and he pressed the button and said, come on, Father, get these guys in order. He lived a human life. When he hung on that cross, it was no candy store. It was the real deal. He's God with us. When you are crying out, you're going through that storm, you think you're going to just explode, he's with you. He's been where you've been. He's experienced what you've experienced, and he's there for you. See, we just seem to think at times, well, I shouldn't have to go through it if he's already been there. No, of course you'll have to maybe go through it. It depends on what he's trying to teach us. It depends on what he's walking us through. How many of you know this? You wouldn't want to repeat any of your storms, but you're glad you went through them and you learned some. Right? You wouldn't trade money for what you learned in your experiences in life. And then how about... He's called Yeshua, Jesus. Look at Matthew 1.21. And, and she shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. And in the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. For he shall save his people from their sins. Yeshua, the Lord, our salvation. And I love what I put there, the name above all names by which men can be saved. That means he's the beginning and he's the end and everything in between. Don't you love that? Sometimes I go through my day and if it's just rough or I'm just tired, I just start, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I just keep saying. Just something about that name. You know, I was ba uh, babysitting this past week. I, I babysit every week my precious grandson. And so I was just holding him and he was drinking his bottle. And it just sprang up in me, that song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name and he just suddenly stopped drinking and he looked up at me and he smiled and then he went right back to drinking that bottle <laughs> he loves it he loves when you sing about Jesus to him there's something about that name Yeshua and finally, John 14, 13. When you're going through the storm, see? Look at what it says there. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Now look at this. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why do you go through trials? Why do you go through storms? Why when Jesus was in the boat, were they freaking out? So that the Father may be glorified. Depending on our response, so that the Father gets glory. So that the Father gets glory. The disciples were freaking out. Lord, help! He's like, man, what is wrong with you people? And when it all calmed down, the Father was glorified in the sun because the sun didn't miss it Jesus, Jesus just goes peace be still man right when you're going through a storm start responding with peace be still peace be still Yeshua is on the scene 
peace, be still. When you're irritated, peace, be still. Peace. I want to close tonight with the communion table. So we're going to pass communion out tonight. And you can do that right now, whoever is helping me in that vein. I want you to see tonight that the communion table is tied in to whatever storm you're going through. Thank you. You see... I want to, again, just give you a little Hebrew. How many of you get something when I give you a little Hebrew lesson? See, in the Hebrew, there is a word for the lamb that is offered up, a sacrificial lamb, and that word is tamid, T-A-M-I-D. So, when the temple existed and they had to make sacrifice, every good Jew had to make sacrifice in the morning and sacrifice in the evening. They made sacrifice at the temple. And the interesting thing is Every day would be a sacrifice, a sacrificial lamb, the tamid. And so there was a temple offering in the morning and one in the evening. Now I want you to understand tamid is not only the sacrificial lamb, but the tamid means in the Hebrew. Listen, write it down if you're a note taker. It means always and forever. It means continual, perpetual. Now, who is our Tamid? Jesus. Jesus is our sacrificial lamb. He is our always and our forever. He is our sacrifice. He is continual and perpetual in our lives. How many of you are glad you don't got to go to the temple with a lamb and kill it? Man, I just, Jesus, thank you for letting me be born in this day. Like, I don't think I could take the blood and killing that baby lambs and all that junk. And could you even imagine Peter rising up and all the rescue organizations. Ah, we got to stop this. But Jesus, our Tamid. Now the interesting thing here and how it connects from the Old Testament to the cross is that the Tamid, the sacrificial lamb, was offered in the temple every morning at 9 a.m. Are you with me? And at 9 a.m., that's the third hour technically. And at 9 a.m., Jesus was crucified. He was crucified at the third hour, 9 o'clock in the morning. See how he became the perfect sacrifice. That God said, you know, we're going to stop this offering lambs. I'm going to give you a lamb that will last forever, perpetual. How many of you thank God tonight that he was offered at 9 a.m. And I don't have to think about a temple offering at 9 a.m. anymore. He is my sacrifice. He, he, his blood is the sole source for me. Now here's the other important point. Jesus died at 3 p.m., the ninth hour, which would have been the time of the evening sacrifice in the temple back in the Old Testament. I mean, is God cool or what? 
Is he accurate or what? God made provision at 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Perfect provision for us so many thousands of years later. Wow. He says, I'm going to provide my son. He says, I'm going to give you your tamid, your sacrificial lamb. And he's going to be crucified at the perfect He's the perfect sacrifice at 9 a.m. And he died at 3 p.m. And he's the perfect tamid. You never have to do anything but pull on that tamid the rest of your days. He's perpetual. He's always and forever. He's continual. Jesus is our Lamb of God. He always covers every sin. He always covers our every need. He's the answer to every problem. He is our source for every storm. How many of you get this tonight? He is our everything. He is everything we need, always and forever, every moment. What a God. What an awesome God that made that kind of provision for us. So I want to take just a few moments tonight. Examine your heart. Ask God to cleanse you, but go before the heavenly court tonight and say, God, I just, all I can do is put the blood. Yeah, I humble myself because everything the devil is in the courtroom accusing me of, I'm probably guilty. But God, I put it all at your feet. You are the judge of the universe. God, redeem me right now because when you look at me, don't look at that junk. Look at the blood that covers me. And grant me the gift of repentance, Lord. I repent for what I've said today that I shouldn't have said. I repent for what I did today that I shouldn't have did. I repent for everything going on in my life that God, I've not trusted you and believed you. I curse fear and I cast it down in my life and forgive me, God. Forgive me for everything. Forgive me for any unforgiveness. I don't want that junk in my life, God. I want to be what you want me to be. So I'm going to appropriate your offering. You're perfect to me in my life tonight. God, I thank you. Just take it to him tonight. He knows what it is. He wants to hear you call out on him. Wash us tonight, Jesus. Cleanse us. Cleanse us by the blood. Father, for our kids, our mates, our families, our loved ones. We stand in the gap tonight as we partake of this perfect sacrifice. We appropriate it to our lives, but we appropriate it to the body of Christ too, God. We stand in the gap and we ask you to wash us, forgive us, and cleanse us. Cleanse the body, Lord. Get the sin out of the church, Lord. Cleanse this nation, Father. We stand in the gap and we ask you to forgive our nation. We turn from sin tonight. We ask you to heal our land, Father. Lord, we appropriate your precious broken body and blood. 
to our lives, our ministries, our finances, our homes, our marriages, our businesses. In the name of Jesus, right now, God, with this sacrifice, we break every curse over our lives, over our children, over our grandchildren. We break every hex, every evil assignment of the enemy, broken. Fall to the ground and die right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we loose your protection through this sacrifice tonight. We loose it over us, over our families, over our loved ones, over everything, God, that even pertains to us. Father, we pray Psalm 91 tonight, protection, covering. We stand under the shadow of your wing, God. We release and loose your angels over our lives tonight. Father, we ask you to cover us, cover us, cover our families, cover everything that you have given us stewardship over. And now, Lord, we loose your holy flow tonight. We loose your life, your joy, your peace, your righteousness, your power into our lives. Father, we thank you tonight for the communion table. That as we partake and make offering, God, it's the perfect to meet. You, Jesus, are our to meet. And so we thank you. We thank you tonight. And Father, just as they made sacrifice in your word, God, you turned the enemy on himself. So God, we bind up the powers of darkness tonight. And we say, turn them, God. Turn the enemy on himself. And we thank you, God, that we are seated in heavenly places with you. And we pray these things tonight in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and partake of the elements tonight. Jesus. 